Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good evening, New Beginnings. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for coming out on a Wednesday night. I appreciate you being here. Um, ushers continue to do what you're doing, and I'll just continue to talk. And I appreciate you being here because it would be kind of strange if no one was here tonight and I would be talking out loud to myself. So thanks for coming out. Um, it's awesome to know that there's such a hunger for the things of God. That it's made, we made it real clear. Wednesday nights, except for the first one, it's just going to be teaching. So tonight, um, we're going to be jumping into the Word right away. I'll warn you on the front end, there's going to be an awful lot of scriptures, a lot of, the, uh, a lot of things. If you have a potential to take notes or something to write with or even type on your cell phone, whatever the case is, I would highly recommend it to, to do so. Let's go ahead and open in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for the anointing of God. I thank you for the Holy Ghost and the teacher. Father, I just ask that you give these people receptive hearts to hear. Let my tongue be that of a ready writer, writing upon the tablets of their heart. Give them spiritual eyes to see things in the Word they've never seen before. Give them spiritual ears to hear things in the Word they've never seen before. We're going to give you all praise and glory. Let me decrease that you may increase. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, repeat after me. (laughs) I am ready to receive the Word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I will never, never, never be the same in Jesus' name. And everyone has said, Amen. By now, if you've been coming here for any length of time, if you haven't, I guess you're going to kind of find out a couple of things tonight. First and foremost, you could say we're a faith church. Tonight's message is going to be the ABCs of faith. And if you're not careful, you think, man, I've heard about faith. Why is faith important? Well, we're commanded to walk by faith, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Strong's definition of that right there, of a walk, is actually to conduct our life, our manner of life. So we're commanded to walk by faith. We're commanded to live by faith. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Hmm. And if I were to ask you right now, who all wants to please God? Let me see a show of hands. Who all wants to please God? Both my hands go up. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to, to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So we're commanded to live, we're commanded to walk, and if you want to please God, it's about faith. Pastor Joe back in 2017 said, if you want to receive things, you receive them from God. Number one and first and foremost, to get born again is real simple. You receive that by faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And also, Pastor Joe also went on and with the second point of his message there. He said, we overcome life's adversaries or the situations that we face by faith. Once again, 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory 
that has overcome the world, even our faith. So once again, we're commanded to walk by faith. We're commanded to live by faith. If we want to please God, it's by faith. If we want to be born again, if we want to receive anything from God, it's been purchased through our redemption, it's by faith. And if we want to overcome the adversary and everything else that he may throw our way, it's by faith. So at this point, Hebrews 6, 1, and it should be on the screen. Okay, we're going to make, yep, it's there. Hebrews 6, 1 says, Therefore, leaving the discussions of the elementary principles of Christ, and let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. What this is saying, folks, is that faith is a foundation. It's a beginning block. And for our life to be successful, for us to be successful, we need a strong foundation. We all, we, it's just real simple. When you build a house, when you build a bridge, when you build something that's going to last for any length of time, you must have a strong foundation. These are foundations. Metaphorically, it's the beginnings, or we could say first principles. So yes, faith is important. But point number one is, and if you're taking notes, point number one is what faith is. See, we kind of put it out there in the realm where we almost think it being supernatural. It's almost something that we're like, ooh, faith. Many people would probably say it's Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I would clarify that's what faith does, but that does not give us a good working definition of what faith is. Sometimes it's easier to say some, what something's not before you say what it is. Faith is not natural human faith. It's not natural instinct. It's not sense knowledge. Faith always is from the heart. And man believes from the heart. The definition, that I'll, if you're taking notes, the definition for faith is firmly persuaded. I'm huge on definitions, and I'm going to go through a little bit more here in just a second. And the reason I'm huge on definitions is because if we're not careful, when we study the Word of God, if we're not careful, we'll just slowly gloss over and read words, and we don't really necessarily take out the nuggets that are, that are there. For instance, when I say the word grace, if you're not careful, if you're reading in your Bible, when you come to the word grace, you'll just kind of gloss over it. But I have said that so many times. Every time I see the word grace, what, what happens up here and in my heart is, my definition of grace is, and you don't have to write this down, but just kind of let you know how it works, is to be able to stand in the very presence of God without fear, condemnation, or guilt. Every time I see the word grace when I'm reading, I read that I, on the inside. I abbreviate it down to make it go faster, and then I, I, I bring that down to say God's ability. That's why definitions are so important, so that when we see these words, we just don't gloss over them and speed through them. Same way with righteousness. I have it broken down where I've got the definition. Every time I see the word righteousness, I go through the entire definition of it in my head. So with faith, it's a firmly persuaded it's a conviction of the truth of something that you have heard. Strong's, which I like this word, is belief. Trust. Vine says it's an assurance or guarantee. The word belief, real simple, is to believe. To be persuaded of. To place your confidence or trust in. It must get settled what faith is, 
so that we can understand it. You must be established. You must have a firm persuasion. Let me read some scripture here from Matthew 8, 5, and 10, and I will be using the New King James Version uh, tonight every time I'm reading. Matthew 8, 5 says, Now when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Great faith. Great, firmly persuasion. Great belief. He'd made this commitment in his heart that he was firmly committed to it. And that's when Jesus said great faith. See, we don't often think that faith is something that can be seen. But you're so firmly and you're so compact and so just uh, caught a hold of your belief system of what you believe in that it can be tangible, it can be seen. Matthew 9.2 says, Then behold, they brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. This is when they ripped off the top of the roof and they were lowering him down to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, what did he see? He saw their firm, uh, firm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. firm persuasion, their conviction of truth. He, they saw their belief. He said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. So you could see it. You could see his beliefs. They knew that if they got him there, lowered him through the roof, whatever it took, they had heard that Jesus was a healer and they were so firmly committed to it, they were willing to rip the top of the roof off and to lower him at the expense of him even getting hurt again. Their beliefs were solid. Another illustration that I'd like to give you is Matthew 15, 21 through 26. I told you we're going to do a lot of word tonight. We used to call these Bible drills years ago. <laughs> then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. In essence, she could have gotten offended and said, You're insulting me. She could have gotten potentially tied up and said, You're being a racist. But her beliefs, even when he tried to send her away, what did she do? She worshipped him. Her belief was very strong because obviously she had heard something prior. And no matter what was said, she was not going to miss out her receiving from God. 
Remember the story about the woman with the issue of blood? Mark 5, 32, 34 says, And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. What had happened? There was a crowd of people. The King James says she was actually being, th being thronged, people all around him, pressing up against him. And someone slipped through the crowd and, and touched him. And then the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, talking about Jesus, and told him the whole truth. And Jesus, or he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your belief has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So when I see that word faith and all these different ones from great faith, your faith, it's a firm persuasion. It's a belief. Her belief is what made her whole according to Jesus. Now, Kind of common sense, you would think, but it probably needs to be said. Of course, our beliefs are to be founded upon the Word of God. Let me give you a little story. Back maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, we were taking a class. The Contes were in it. Bill and Melissa were in it. Uh, the Violas were in it. My wife had gotten diagnosed probably two, two years ago. Two and a half years ago, she had a brain tumor. My wife, Jennifer, right here. We prayed, we believed God. See, faith, when you believe God, also allows you to enter into rest. So we're in a class on a Sunday morning called Financial Peace. Somewhere toward the end of the class, I don't remember who brought it up, but somewhere in the class asked my wife, When's your surgery for your brain tumor? She sat there and thought about it, looked at me. She goes, I haven't thought about it. The following morning, we were to be in surgery for a brain tumor. But see, when you reach out by faith and you believe faith, in our mind, it was taken care of. We weren't worried about it. We weren't fretting about it. We weren't thinking through it and it, it holding us in negative thoughts. The following morning, she has surgery. Now, I've taken off the next few days from work. My parents are not flying in till about five days because we've been told she's going to be in the hospital for the next so many days. The following day, this is on a Monday, surgery's on a Monday, Tuesday afternoon, the first person I call, even before my family, was Pastor Beth. I wouldn't let our church family know. Pastor Beth goes, how's Jim doing? I sit there and said, let her tell you the story. She can talk on the phone. I handed her the phone. Full conversation. We've been released from brain surgery less than 24 or just over 24 hours. Amen. Pastor Beth let out a squeal. We had her own voice phone. <laughs> you could almost, I don't know, but I almost felt like I could hear her running or someone running, and she was sharing it, and we were rejoicing as we were headed back to Tom's River from Philadelphia. But we knew that we knew that Jesus is our healer. 
We were, without a shadow of a doubt, firmly persuaded. We had a belief in Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. Point number one, what faith is? Firm persuasion, belief. So now I'm going to ask everybody, what is faith? Belief, 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 belief. Point number two, <clears throat> how faith comes. Like I said, these are the ABCs of faith. And the reason that we're breaking them down this precise is every faith message that you hear has, has to line up by these or be careful of what's being taught. Point number two, how faith comes. Real simple. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Proverbs 4, 21, 22 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. One of my favorite books that, we read, that I've read numerous times from when we went to school is F.F. Bosworth's Christ the Healer. I highly recommend it. And in it, I want to say it's on about page four. I don't remember exactly, but I think it's about page four. F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth, who was a strong uh, teacher of the Word back in the healing revival days, sat there and says, Faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, you may not realize this, but I cannot find one time. You know, we, 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 we kind of think that faith comes this way, it comes that way. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll kind of look through some of this stuff. But there's not one time in the New Testament where someone received faith through the laying on of hands. Now, there are impartations that happen when people lay on hands. We know that's one of the ways that healing is administered. There's also anointings and different things and, and things that can be broken through the laying on of hands. But I cannot find one place in the New Testament where it talks about the laying on of hands for someone to receive faith. I also cannot find one place in the New Testament where it talks about asking for faith in prayer. And I cannot tell you how many times through the years I've had someone come up to me and sit there and say, would you please pray that I have more faith? Also, I cannot find one place where it says that if you hang around faith people, kind of like, you know, I guess if you get around Pastor Joe, that you'll think some of the faith that he has may rub off on you. I cannot find that in Scripture anywhere. It's almost at times where we think if we just kind of hang around through osmosis, we'll get it. No, there's one way that it comes, and it's through hearing the Word of God. That can also be through you reading it. It can also be through someone preaching it, teaching it, or sharing the gospel. Let me read something here. Mark 5, 25 through 27. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came in the crowd and touched his garment. Once again, about the lady with the issue of blood. What she heard? She heard about Jesus. What do you think she heard about Jesus? Well, she, we know she needed healing. She spent pretty much her entire uh, fortune, everything she had, and had, done, had gotten nothing better. She'd heard what? That he was a healer. That blind eyes were being opened. <laughs> Leopards had been cleansed. The dead had been raised. Glory be to God, I'm going to get excited and sh have a shouting fit here in a second. <laughs> but she had heard. And when she heard, she was willing to 
potentially be stoned by coming out in public. Be killed because of the disease in, in her in, in the, the blood. But she heard, right there it says it, she heard about Jesus. And I can guarantee what she heard was, there's some healing going on today. Hallelujah. Next one is back to the centurion. Luke 7, 1 through 3 says, Now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, talking about Jesus. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Somehow the centurion had heard. The word was going out throughout the towns, throughout the hills. Word mouth to mouth. It's just being spread. Calling Jesus the healer. The healer's in the house. Glory be to God. There's healing in his wings. Glory be to God. And there's healing. And after hearing that, guess what happened? Faith come, comes. Faith comes by hearing. Belief comes by hearing. So he now knew if he could get Jesus here, his servant would be healed. Let me give you a little illustration here about Paul. Over in Acts 14 through 6. They became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. And they, it's talking about Paul, were preaching the gospel there. Preaching the good news. I like what Andrew Womack says, nearly too good to be true news for the gospel. And if it's not too truly to be true news, Someone's probably not preaching the gospel that Paul preached. So he was preaching the gospel, preaching about Jesus, preaching about salvation, preaching about healing. There. Verse 8 says, And in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. So he's preaching the word. Then he heard Paul observing him, what I told you earlier, faith is tangible. Faith can be seen. Paul observed him intently in seeing that he had faith or what belief to be healed and said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. <laughs> and he leaped and walked. He saw his firm per persuasion. He saw his belief. Once again, the gospel was preached. He heard it. And when he heard it, now faith was present. See, Paul had a history. He would go and start a church. And if you really read through Acts and you see his journeys, he's actually making a circle. Then he comes back. And we, we all talk about the first, the, the first journeys of Paul, the second journeys of Paul. And he makes a circle again. If it was the first time that they'd heard him, He's establishing beliefs. And this is where it's important for people to come to church. If it's your first time to hear it, right now, you're having things, potentially, if you've not heard much about Jesus being a healer, after I've already talked about it several times tonight, you start to establish your beliefs that Jesus is a healer. But as he would go back through from church to church to church, for the ones that had heard it before, he was strengthening theirs. There's a battle called belief unbelief. 
There's a battle for the word against the word. So for the first time, if you're hearing it, you're setting a foundation. For those that have already heard it, you're strengthening it. Mark 6, 5 through 6 says, this is Jesus speaking, or talking about Jesus, excuse me. Now he could do no mighty works there, talking about his hometown, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then, first, he marvels because of their unbelief. Then at that point, then it says, he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. How do you overcome unbelief? Through teaching the word, preaching. Like I said, it sets those for the first time, and it strengthens for those that have heard it many times. And if you will ever get to the point that when someone is speaking, preaching, teaching, you, and if you're in your heart or your mind, let's just say, you immediately go, I've heard this before. Guess what? It's not fresh. It's not revelation. So you're either getting it established or you're having it strengthened. So therefore, no matter whom the Lord chooses to speak through, one of the two is always happening. It's real simple. Where there's no knowledge, there's no faith or belief. Let me think about this for a second. You could have been coming to church. You could have grown up in a denomination. And all of a sudden, at a certain point, you heard Jesus the Savior. And all of a sudden, that one time, for whatever reason, boom, and you just saw it. Faith came. Came because someone spoke the word. Exact same way with Jesus the healer. Many churches still today really don't believe in Jesus' healing. They think he can. They think sometimes he does. But they definitely don't, don't have the boldness to step out there and put an expectation upon it. Let me give you a little word picture here. Romans 10, 13 through 15. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I actually would have that, that word saved there in yellow um, where it was bolded. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Now if we took this and kind of flipped it upside down. And I had tried to create a drawing, but my drawings are pretty poor. So, so I don't think that we have that with us. Maybe we do. I'm looking at Jay carefully. Woo! Nice. <laughs> Definitely an improvement upon what I had, uh, what I had uh, created. <laughs> I like that. Jay sat there and said, mm, don't like it. And so, amen, amen. So what happens is we start here at the bottom. You have to send someone. Someone goes forth, according to the Scripture. Like I said, if you read the Scripture backwards. When someone goes forth, they preach, teach, speak. When speaking of the Word of God comes forth, what happens? Hearing takes place. Once hearing takes place, faith or belief happens. Once belief or belief happens, what happens? They call upon the name of the Lord and salvation hits. 
That's how it happens when you got saved. That's how it's going to happen for your healing. That's how it's going to happen in every realm of life when you're believing God for something. In that exact order. And I love the presentation. Good job, Jay. Much better than my little uh, drawing. So point number one is what faith is. It's a belief. It's a firm persuasion. Point number two is how faith comes. comes by the word of God. And number three is for the ABCs of faith. Faith must be released. What do you mean, Brother Rick? Are you saying I can have faith, but I still have to do something with it? Mm -hmm. Let me give you a little illustration before we actually jump into the Word there. How many people believe that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost? Do, do we agree with that? The Bible says so, so I, I believe it's good enough for me. Do we also know, I believe it's in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. But the first one's love. And we also quoted, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. If you're born again, and I trust most of us here being here on a Wednesday night, we will give you the opportunity to, to get saved if you're not saved before the night's over with. But do we all agree that we have the love of God inside of us? Okay. Is there anyone in here in the last week, month, that had an opportunity to walk in love but you chose not to? You had to tell them off. You had, you had to defend your position. You had to be right. Now, you've already told me the love of God shut abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So what I'm trying to say is you can have love inside of you, but it can lay there dormant. You can have faith, and faith is number seven on the list of the fruit of the Spirit. And it can be inside of you. It can be a firm persuasion. It can be a belief. But guess what? It can lie there dormant. James 2, 17 through 24. I told you we're going to be in the Bible a lot tonight. <clears throat> Thus also faith or belief by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That word dead there is being alone or non-producing. But someone will say, you have faith or belief, and I have works. Show me your faith, beliefs, without your works, and I will show you my faith, belief, by my works. You believe that there's one God, and you do well. <laughs> Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith, beliefs, Without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith, his belief, was working together with his works? And by works, faith or belief was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith or his belief only. Faith must be released. It's released two primary ways. Through your words, and I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Joe taught on this about three years ago, through your words and through your actions. 
are the two primary ways. Mark 5, 28 says, with, back to the lady with the issue of blood, which we've talked on a couple times tonight. Mark 5, 28 says, for she said, repeat after me, she said, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She, I'd already showed you earlier that she heard. She heard what? Jesus is the healer. There's the healer in the house. And now she said, because she had heard, what blind eyes are being opened. The lame are walking. Glory be to God. <laughs> Leopards are being cleansed. And now she said that if I shall touch him, I shall be made well. Her belief was inside after she heard, and now she's releasing her faith. So now, all she's got to do is get to Jesus. The centurion as well. Matthew 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He's releasing his faith. I showed you earlier with the centurion earlier. Had heard what? Had heard. Go send for him. He'd heard. He'd heard Jesus was a healer. And now he's releasing his faith. Like I said, through words that we speak and through actions. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, folks, this implies that you're going to be challenged against your words. This implies that there's going to be something that's going to come against you. Clearly, the enemy wants to stop you from confessing. He wants to stop you before you get started. Now, I'm first and foremost quick to admit Kind of been in this now 25, almost 30-something years. There were some abuses with confession years ago where people got in ditches. But that does not do away with the real. And the enemy wants you to stop speaking because when you speak it, you're releasing your faith and God moves through that. John 12, 42 through 43. Nevertheless... Even among the rulers, many believed in him. Talking about Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Said many believed, but they would not release their faith. Salvation, born again, the scripture that we stand upon so many times quoted all over the world when it's at the end of the service for people to get saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation you believe in your heart you confess with your mouth now folks that scripture is used a lot for salvations being born again but we're limiting ourselves there 
The Greek word there is soteria for salvation. It means deliverance from anything you're facing. It means preservation, that you're in the safeness. Safety, salvation, born again, health, healing, prosperity, all sum up what this word in the Greek means for salvation. Each and everything that I just named, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You're releasing your belief. An action step. If I were to show for a show of hands, how many people need a financial miracle? How many people are believing for prosperity? How many people are believing for money? The word says, give and it shall be given. It starts with you giving first. You believe the word says that you're to be prosperous? John 3, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And the Old Testament says, I've given you the power to get wealth. Not just a little bit. I could go on and on and on of all the different prosperity scriptures. And you can have that inside of you, but it can lay dormant until you put action with your faith on that. And action with your faith in the area of prosperity or financial needs is so a seed. Amen. Called seed time and harvest. Everything produces after its own kind. Let me give a little testimony on myself this time. The same time that my wife was dealing with her brain tumor, I had a terrible cough, continued to grow. I should have clued in after a few days, but I didn't. I started spitting up blood. It got real bad. <clears throat> then we had a meeting here on a Wednesday night. After the meeting, I had to go back to work. I get home about 1030 that night. I tell Jen, I don't exactly know what I was saying, but at a certain point, she finally just comes out and asks me, what kind of spirit is on you? And sometimes when you know the word, you can almost be smart by using the word. Because simple prophecy is for edification, exhortation, or comfort. And so I quickly said, what part of what you're saying is to edify me, exhort me, or comfort me? <laughs> I then at that point, in my heart, quickly repented, and I knew I, what I said was what I shouldn't have said. And I said, I'm going to go take a shower, and when I come back down, I'm going to be in a better mood. I got out of the shower. I called her to come upstairs. told her, I want you to pray for me, and then I'm going to start doing push-ups and set-ups until this thing breaks. I was going to start putting some action into my faith. My push-ups were terrible. <laughs> My setups were worse. That night, I screamed all night sitting up in bed. The next day, I head to work. Finish off the month. She's wanting me to go to the doctor. I go to a friend of mine. Immediately when he sees me, I've not even opened my mouth to tell him. He goes, you need to be in the emergency right now. He's a, he's, he's a brother in the Lord. By the Spirit of God, he said, you need to be in the emergency room right now. I said, not me. I believe in God. I'm in faith. Not against doctors. I've got medical doctors in my family. 
My grandfather brought me into the world. He's a medical doctor. So it's not like I'm against him. But I believe this stuff. Finally, with her encouragement and others, kept saying, go to the doctor, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. I did. I called to set an appointment. There was one for 1.30 in the afternoon at 1.30. Who wants to be in a hurry to go to the doctor? So I chose the 3.30. <laughs> now, twice at work, about collapse, completely about collapse. Long story short, as soon as she sees me, she goes, you need to be in the emergency room now. Let me call an ambulance. I said, I'm okay. I drove in here. I'll drive to the emergency room. I drove to the emergency room. At every single stoplight, I'm now coughing up large amounts of blood. I go in there. I'm in the emergency room. I, I, I finally go, I need something for a little pain. They go, what do you think you want? A couple of Tylenol will be fine. <laughs> Just keep, keep the prayers coming. Long story short, the pain intensifies. I can't even sit down. I have to be bent over. They put me in a tube. I've got numerous embolisms in my lung. I've got blood clots in my lungs several places. They put me on morphine. The morphine does not cut through the pain. They put me on Dilaulid. Every two hours Dilaulid. That entire night I could not, I could not lay down. Even on the, on the pain medication, it would not put me to sleep. I, it, never, it never cut the pain. The following day, I'm sitting up, up in bed, and I think I'm dozing off like this because I had less, less uh, pain by sitting up. Pastor Beth shows up, starts talking to my wife, Jen. And it's all of a sudden, it's like I'm snapped out of this, and I'm completely in realization of everything going on. Pastor Beth goes, can I pray for you? I said, sure. Do you care if I anoint you with oil? Now, if I'm exaggerating in this in any form, please correct me. She starts to pray for me. And I'm not sure if she actually even anointed or touched my head, but something was going towards that, and all of a sudden her arm jerked back. Her eyes got bigger than mine. She goes, did you feel that? I said, yes. Am I correct so far? I felt a lightning electricity beyond anything I can imagine touching my entire body. She backs up with her arm uh, more or less getting knocked back at some level, correct? I knew right then I was healed. We talk a little bit more. What was my quote to you? I'll see you in church Sunday. This is Friday. The doctors are saying I'm going to be there for a full week. At 2 o'clock, I said, I don't need any more Delilah. I'm healed. I knew I was. Jen sided with the doctors. The doctor said, no, we don't want your pain to, to get out of control like last night. They stayed after me. They talked me into it. Did not need it. I knew I didn't. At four, I absolutely refused it. And I said, you're not putting anything else in my body. Saturday, I'm in the hospital. They're saying I'm going to be there for a full week. <coughs> Saturday night as she's leaving, I say, bring me a razor and a change of clothes. And she goes, why? I said, I'm going to church tomorrow morning. I told Pastor Beth I'd release my faith. I would be in church Sunday. Sunday morning comes around, and they're sitting there saying they're going to hold me for a few more days. I said, I said, something's, I said, I'm healed. Run whatever test you want on me. Do whatever you need to do. So they started running tests, and they sit there and said, you're right. I was in church Sunday morning. Glory to God. 
it's easy to say I had faith, but I had to continuously release it, even with my wife. Bring me my razor. Bring me a change of clothes. Because what? A well person got to act well. See, I was making plans as a well person instead of a sick person, letting the doctors tell me that I'm going to be there for the next four or five days. It was a great hospital. They treated me phenomenal. But the best hospital in the world, when you're a healed person, you got to get out of there. Can I hear an amen? amen? See, for way too long, there's two sides to faith. We spend a lot of time on the developmental side or trying to get more faith, and we got to have more time on releasing it. Brother Hagen, the school that we went to, was healed up from a, from a bed of illness at a young age. And pretty much his entire, uh, his entire ministry was based off of one scripture, Mark eleven twenty three, And I, if we have it, you can show it up there. Mark eleven twenty three, For surely I say to you, whoever says, say the word says. says. That's the first time it's said here says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Say the word believes. believes. So, so far we've got the word say one time and we've got the word believe one time. That those things he says, say says. says. So right now it's two times saying, one time believing. Says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Yes. Number three. Brother Hagen, in one of his, not on this, but in a, in a sermon that I heard one time, says we need to focus three times as much on the saying part than we do on the believing part. Amen. If you go into it in more detail, it's fairly simple. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you shall say, Be thou the, that mountain, be thou removed and cast into to yonder sea, and, and don't doubt that those things that you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatever comes to pass. So it's a lot more of the releasing. More of us have more faith than we need. The moment you're born again, you have the measure of faith, the measure of belief. That's how you got saved. So you have it inside of you, but, but you have to release it. So tonight, we have covered what faith is. It's beliefs, how faith comes, hearing the Word of God, teaching, preaching. And then last one, faith must be released through words and actions. You may ask, in closing, what is the real importance of the faith message? Or we could say the word beliefs. Folks, your beliefs are the most precious thing that you can have. Your beliefs are to control what you think, what you say, and what you do. There's a battle going on to affect the way you think, what you say, and what you do. And our beliefs, the faith message, it's been taught for years that faith is to get us a bunch of stuff. Nicer houses, nicer cars, newer this, more and more. And it does come. But the reality is, it's our firm persuasion what faith is. And it's to govern the way you think, the way you speak, and what you do. Amen. This is what brings the victory that overcomes the world. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this group of people. I thank you for the word that's gone forth. Father, I just thank you that their hearts have been receptive, their ears have been receptive to hear things and to see things in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word and let us draw nuggets out of this in the name of Jesus. I thank you for each and every one here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. One quick second.
don't ever want to make light of this. If this is your first time here, maybe you've been coming for a while. If some of this has really been just strange and potentially off target to you, there's a chance you need to be born again. It's so simple, folks. We've made it hard. All you got to do is believe here and confess here. You believe what? Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he went in the tomb and he died and he raised. You believe that unto righteousness and confession is made into salvation. So right now with everyone seated, I'm not going to say shut your eyes or anything else, but just repeat after me, everyone at the same time, so no one uh, feels any pressure or is left out or, or kind of the lights illuminated on. Heavenly Father, Heavenly in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus I, accept I accept Jesus, Jesus the, Son of God, the Son of God, who went in the tomb, in the tomb raised from the dead. From the dead. I, accept I accept Him as my Lord, as my Lord and, Savior. and Savior. I know that I am now what the Bible calls born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Jerry. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.